Hello and welcome to Let's Run Facebook Ads, the podcast with myself, Nick Boddington, and my co-host, Matt Rubus. Here we're going to share insider information about Facebook ads. But as you know, it's not just about running the ad, it's what happens after. So we're going to look into the funnels, the e-commerce, email marketing, lead generation, and much, much more. Everything you need to run successful Facebook ad campaigns. Enjoy. Hello and welcome back. I'm Nick Boddington and this is my colleague, Matt Rubus. Welcome to part five of the Facebook ads mini series. Um, The final part today, we're going to be discussing how to read the data and know whether your ad is working properly. We're going to be discussing a bit about lead gen stats and a bit about e-com statistics. I hope you get a lot out of this and enjoy. Hello and welcome back, everyone. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? I'm good, Nick. How are you? All right, thank you. So number five, five, the, the fifth, fifth one of the and final one. Yeah. yeah. So I'd like to think that people have, I don't know whether they've gone away and actually built the ads. Maybe they have, or maybe they just took some tips from it on the ads they've already got running. But the last one we looked at was like the creative and blah 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 optimization and stuff like that. This one is, I hope a lot of people got out a bit, a lot out of that. Blah 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 blah. Learned a lot from that. Know exactly what you mean. Um, so. This one is probably the most, this is the crucial one though, Matt, because this is, this is, this is the bit that makes people go, Facebook just didn't, it just doesn't work. Just didn't work for me. All oh, right. Why? Just didn't work. I chose my photo, put, put some copy on it. Just didn't work. Okay. We get it. Kick out of that. Because actually building ads is quite straightforward, really. It's the knowing what the numbers say, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, we say straightforward because we know what we're doing. The fact that we've spent months, years trying to get copywriting right, understanding the algorithm, getting the headlines. Yeah, no, I mean as in like click, click, click a button. Oh, right, I'll following it as, yeah. Yeah, like that is... You know, and I get obviously, and then if, yeah, spend time doing the copy and stuff, and you've launched the ad. Yeah, actually doing it is pretty easy. Yeah. So we're gonna. So how, how do you want to start this one? Um, let's let's take ourselves back to being an ads manager and looking at an ad. Now, first things first. I go on these consultancy calls, and no one has a column set up correctly really really important here and now we could go through for the next 10 minutes really boringly telling you how you should have your column set up the one that i find the most popular and gives you the most information is performance and clicks not performance on its own performance and clicks is pretty yeah. good actually even from an econ point of view i don't know what you're thinking on lead gen but it, it tells you everything you really need that's the one i always default to and then well, depending on the up. client, or like add add some other bits and bobs on. But generally speaking, yeah, yeah, I agree. That's what I tend to. So, use. so there you go. Use performance and clicks. And then, if you want to add any more stuff in or take it out, when you go to the drop down on the right hand side, go to the underneath performance and click. Click it open. You'll see custom columns at the bottom. If you click on cost custom columns, it'll bring up a box with all the different attributions that, attributes that you can choose. Take off the ones, and on the right-hand side, you'll see them all stacked up. Um, you can like drag and drop them into different areas depending on where you want it. When you actually finish that and you want to save your columns, 
always make sure you tick the little box on the bottom left save columns and name it and name whatever you want lead gen we i think we name ours lead gen or epom um and then press save which means that the columns will always be there there you go that's a tip that's epi- that is episode five how <laughs> thank you very much and good night (laughs) that's how you run ads like that's all you need to know (laughs) yeah okay so we've run the ad should i go from should i do an econ one or do you want to go first yeah uh yeah no there is a little like pro tip that i want to add on to columns but i can do that at the end um so when you're changing clients or let's no. just do it now. Oh, we're in column mode. We're in the column mode. We're in columns territory at the moment. But what a lot of people don't realise that you can also do is when you're in customised columns, you can create custom metrics. So when you're in that window where you're selecting what columns you want to include, you can create a custom metric. And this okay. is great for looking at your where your funnel's converting off of um, Facebook. Now, obviously iOS 14 may impact on this, but what you can do is put mathematical formulas in here using pixel events and other things to automatically calculate parts of that funnel for you. So for example, Nick, if you're looking at the conversion of somebody viewing products that adding to their basket, you can use view content and the add to cart pixel events and create a formula so it automatically gives you that data right in the columns on Facebook. The percentages wise. Yeah. So when I what are you saying? So when I want to hit my little stats of I want um landing pages to add to cart to be 10%, it'll give me the percentage. Yeah. Nice. In the column. So you can you can do that, and um, I'll see how the land lies with iOS um, fourteen. I mean, you know, it's still there is still going to be data there, so it's still going to be something worthwhile. And what I might do is just record a video and pop it in the group. How to yeah. do it, um, and likewise for lead gen. So a lot of um, well, what we should be doing, what I do when looking at the um, the optimization of ads, is then the conversion rate from people that are on the landing page to then opting in. Um, so I can bring that into Ads Manager as well. And that's under um, customized columns. Nice. Great little tip that, Matt. Over to you. <laughs> Econ. We'll start with Econ. Right. Yeah. You've got your ad out and you've been sending people to, I would like to say the landing page or the product page. If you're going to sell a pair of black jeans and your ad says, hey, buy these black jeans 25% off. And then they click on the link and you take them to the home page with loads of different types of jeans and jumpers and stuff. All you've done is show no consistency from where your ad is to the destination of the purchase. That's what you're trying to do. Remember that conveyor belt. And I know some people are thinking, oh, that's obvious. No, it's not obvious because so many people don't do it. Now, what I would do, though, if you want to, you could test because I know that my sunglasses client, they had a landing page. And I said, well, why don't you test sending them to just the product page with all of your glasses on. And that started working better. So, um, well, he's probably sitting there now listening to this game, but it didn't work better. But I think it worked better. We'll find out on my next consultancy call. 
but yeah um always make sure you've got that consistency and try things out it depends on the thing like if like with our car rental company one of the ads at top funnel is just sending them to understanding awareness making them aware of what that product is the rentals blah blah so always think in your mind where you're going to take them to so so and it's taken quickly jump in and ask a question if say you have like lots of different so you say you say you do a, a carousel with lots of different products in it on facebook yeah do you then just send them to the main website not for each product so when you're doing the carousel you can put your your headline which will be usually be the product name in there and then i'll have each so if you click on let's say if it's jewelry and it happens that the third carousel slide along is a gold necklace and they click that picture it will take them to the page but the overall url i'll usually take to the main product page because then you can't you can't do you yeah. know what I mean? So you don't so often really gener- uh, drive traffic to like the actual homepage then? Not really. Not not if unless it was a real... Let's say it was like, hey, look at our jewellery. It's the most fantastic jewellery in the world. We make sure we use precious metals, blah, blah. That might be going to a homepage because then it's a, if it's a good homepage and it's... if The thing is, Matt, if it's a good homepage, if the website's been built, built properly, every single page on the website should be optimised for conversions. So it, it should take that consumer on a journey. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, all this needs to be, and people are probably thinking, oh, the thing is, we all went through it. I remember going through the stage of thinking, ah, oh, I should set up an e-com website or, you know, or dropship or whatever. It takes so long to get something actually performing the way you want it to perform. Um, so, yeah, but great question. Link clicks opposed to landing page views. Link clicks is what happens when someone clicks on the link in the ad and they come through to your website. The discrepancy here will be between landing page views, which you need to have in your columns, and link clicks, which you also need to have in your columns. Link clicks will always be higher, as long as there's not a problem with the pixel, higher than your landing page views. Why? Because most people bounce after about four seconds if your landing page is taking a while to load up. So you want to try and get your website um, speed less than four seconds, three seconds, really. Um, and you'll see your landing page views coming up higher towards the amount of clicks you've had. From the landing page views, because we know these people have actually gone on the page and let it load up and looked around, next is your content views. Content views is how many unique people have actually gone around the website looking at products. Again, if you've only had 100 landing page views and 101 Content views, it means that the people aren't looking around your website. Now, from Matt, in Matt's world of lead gen, he doesn't want them to go around looking at a website. He wants them to stay on the transition to go from one page to another on the journey he wants to them to take to have the end result. In in e-commerce, yes, it's the same because we in a way because we want them to buy those black jeans, but we also we also don't mind if they're going around the website because they're then showing an interest in the website. So that's a positive. More of a positive to have 100 landing page views with 300 content views, which means that an average person is going around the website and looking at three different products. Okay, that's the only reason I look at content views. So we're going back to landing page views now. Landing page views to add to cart. What you want to look for is a 10% of people add to cart. So if we've got 100 coming in at landing page views and your website's nice and your products are good and they're not bouncing and leaving you straight away, 10%, so 10 of them should add to cart. 
Now, on my sunglasses clients and some of our other food clients and all sorts, the um, the active ad cart can lead up to like thirty percent, which is absolutely fantastic. Which means that the the chances are the price is right. You've got a really engaging product. Um, those people can make a, a decision very quickly, like Matt's mentioned loads of times in the past. They make a very decisive, quick, decisive decision, and you know it's ten quid, fifteen quid for that for that thing. That ad cart. From the ad cart, we want to look at initiate checkout. And I want that to really be about 50%. So 50% of the people who've added to cart go through your checkout process. Now you might think, oh, it's 50% of people who've left, but it's not. There's so I I mean, Matt, you probably do. I have so many add to carts out there. I'm in so many baskets and still not gone back to it because I'm looking, then I look at a website, I might add a few different pairs of trainers in. You're putting them in there so you don't lose it, because a lot of these websites say we'll hold your 20, we'll hold for 24 hours. There's lots of different reasons. Baby is crying, you've got to go out, you're just doing it because you're bored of standing at a station. Now you're not bored because your trains come, so you've got on it. Loads of reasons. So don't get emotional about why so many people are leaving. Just try and stick to these stats. 50% have initiated checkout and gone through the process. This bit's more important because most of the time people can get to that 10% mark. This bit's the important part. If if 10 people added to car and now you've only got five in the initiate checkout, why? haven't hardly any of those purchased. It needs to be 80 odd percent. Four of your five initiate checkouts need to have purchased. If you're lower than that, you need to start looking as to why someone has literally opened their wallet. They say in sales, even if you're in a shop or whatever, the minute you've got someone opening their wallet, that's time to start doing the add-ons and stuff like that. Even more so, and people don't use this enough in e-commerce, if they've already opened their wallet, and you could do this on your lead platforms, Matt, but it's, you know, and there are apps to do this on Shopify, et cetera. If they've opened their wallet and they've paid, throw them some more add-ons in. And you can get these, you can get these things like, you know, if you someone's just bought, let's say they bought a shirt and they've just paid 80 quid for that shirt, bring them some ties. Hey, do you want a tie to go with that shirt? And show them three different varieties at 20 quid a tie. And you can get apps out there that just if they just if they just best purchase, it also get paid for by the credit card that they've, they've just used. All this sort of stuff needs to happen. So those are the stats. Landing page views to add to cart 10%. 10% uh, from, from add to cart to the initiate checkout, we want 50. And from a checkout, we want 80. I'm out. And would you say, what would you say overall? So say we were just looking at... Um, Sort of like web website hits, landing page views, whatever you want to call it, to purchase. Are we still around that like three percent? Is like we benchmark? are, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the the way they can do that is they can either look at their Google Analytics, or you can do it again. Look at your landing page views and your purchases. Now, I would say that a strong website is about three to five percent. Now, what might happen in a lot of cases is, let's say, let's say my sunglasses client as an example. Let's say he's been doing loads of stuff on Instagram. He's got it in some shops. He's been getting it in the press, blah, blah. He hasn't done any cold advertising yet. Someone who hasn't done cold advertising and has used other warmer formats of doing it, Google Analytics, uh, Google AdWords and things like this, might see like 15% conversion from people coming onto the website. But you're drawing in warm traffic. It's, we call it something like breaking your website, which is as soon as you start sending cold traffic, then you're going to start seeing if your website's performing. It's all very well putting a Google ad out saying, oh, yeah, I'm looking for some black jeans with a rip around the knee, and you're the only person that does it. You, of course, you're going to have a high conversion rate. 
when you start sending cold traffic on a Facebook ad saying, hey, buy these black jeans with a rip in the knee, the traffic coming in is going to be a lot different and you've got to really start making sure your website is optimized. There you go. Nice. We move on to lead gen. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of different funnels. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to keep it simple with like a, a kind of like basic opt-in because I think then we'll talk about like the actual like ads themselves in terms of yeah. like what to look out for. And I think, yeah, so lead gen, I would be aiming for around 20% of somebody opting in to a free lead magnet. But there is some consideration around what it is that you're asking that person to opt into. Yeah. Um, so I would say kind of that that's the just sort of overarching benchmark. But if you are asking somebody to opt in from cold to like a free call, then that's probably going to be less. Or if there's no kind of, you know, real kind of anything really in it for them in terms of like, um, what the, you know, today if a lead gen is, uh, a client is wanting to have people come in for sort of like treatments or something like that, if it is just like a free consultation, um, then sometimes that doesn't work as well as saying free consultation and then you get X percent off. So it kind of depends on like how it, how the opt-in is packaged up. Um, mm. But basic kind of lead gens like downloadables or uh, like lead magnets or um, webinars and things like that, really you want to be aiming for around 20%. Which is quite high, isn't it? I mean... A lot of the lead gen clients we have, their opt-ins are like actually quite a lot higher than that. Because I think you're Sorry about that. Sorry about that. <laughs> Matt, where's that mic? Do you want to drop it? Do you want to drop one of those mics oh, we've got in the office? Sorry, sorry about that. 20, 20 mic, quite low, mic, really, mic, 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 well, looking across the board, it is. But I suppose in compared, compared to e-com, it is that does seem quite high, but I suppose we're not asking them to open their wallet. So it's a bit different, but yeah. Yeah, okay. You, you then can get up. Will you get the same thing for a webinar then? 20%. Uh, I was actually just going to quickly try. I'm going to give you an example that. of webinar. I'm just So for the people who are doing these opt-in things and you're, and we do it ourselves with, you know, our, our own ads for the, the different things we do. And we beat ourselves up about it. I saw an iOS 14 ad last night, email, came off an email. Um, and it was off someone in, in our industry, Matt, that you know I respect and listen to what he's got to say because I think it's good. And I wanted to understand something that he was doing. So he invited me to a webinar. Yeah? Yeah. I signed up straight away for the webinar and it's on Saturday, 2.30 p.m. My immediate thought was, well, it's going to be a Saturday. The chances are that I'm going to be busy doing something because it's a Saturday. I hope it's recorded. That's me understanding how all this works. So for anyone who's listening, 
who goes, I just can't, I wish, you know, all these people have registered and they don't turn up. Prime example. Prime example. And we've just got to remember that's what happens with all these people. That's what happens with the ad cars. That could be an ad car. I thought about it. It wasn't the right day. Gone. But, you know, now I'll just wait for his next email, probably on the Sunday, saying, hey, if you missed out yesterday on the for the webinar, here it is on the recording. And then I'll watch the recording. And that's probably because just we know how it all works. There will be a recording after us. So just don't beat yourselves up on the fact that people do not show up to these things. Because we do with ours, you know, you've got... 170 people have registered for something and then you know when you turn up and you're like oh, it's just yeah. it's just the name of the game isn't it Absolutely. um on your webinar query um the last webinar um campaign i ran was a 43 percent opt-in nice. and that's not small that, that's not a small data set either that's like 50 it was 1500 people um that saw the website and then 617 people opted in. So I would say that a lot of the time you will see higher than 20, but it's like if you're less than 20, that's when you need to really be looking at your landing page. So it kind of 20 just encompasses kind of most scenarios. Um, and if you're less than that, then, you know, you need to be looking at your hook on your landing page and the way it's optimized and stuff like that. Okay. Anything else you want to go over on um, the way these things, like what other data things to look for to see if your ads working? The audiences. That's not one thing we need to go over. So we went over testing audiences by CBO on the last episode, which I hope people have done. Um, we, I think we have two slightly different views on how we look at, look at those, maybe. How do you look at – so you've, we've got CBO campaign running at 30 quid a day. We've got four audiences running, whatever they are. One's fishing, one's boats, one's whatever. How do you, what, what's, what numbers do you look at to see whether you're going to turn those audiences off and what you're going to decide to be a winner? So I start from the ad and then I work back to audiences. So say I've got four audiences and each audience has three ads. Yeah. I will wait until the um at the audience sorry no the ad has like at least 1500 to 2000 impressions at each and ad level not at the not at the audience level yeah okay that, and that, and just so, that, so everyone knows what, what matt means by the different ads is you've got an audience and that could be fishing and then the ads are one selling a fishing rod the other one selling a net and the other one sending a reel you're looking at each one of those things before you decide the audience first. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. If it kind of depends, though, and this is the problem, isn't it, when you kind of go down this route of saying, like, you know, and guys, this is just every case is different, blah, 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 blah. Because of my experience, if, say, I set up an ad and if, and there's a decent amount of budget going in there and it's, like, massively favoured, and another ad over over the other because obviously with with ads you can't decide where the budget goes so if i can clearly see that facebook is not going to put budget into that particular ad to get it to like 1500 impressions unless obviously it runs forever in a day and i can clearly see that other ads are getting better traction that have those amounts of impressions then i will just turn the ones off that haven't gained any traction 
Yeah, um, yeah, automatically. So, yeah, exactly. So I'll kind of like, uh, within like 24 hours, I'll be looking and just like looking at what ads are working and what aren't. Um, yeah. I think that now with iOS 14, you know, might need to leave it a little bit longer than that. Again, it also depends on how much budget is going through it. Once I've, because based on that, it might be that my audience doesn't look like it's performing very well, but that's because Facebook is spending budget on ads that are not very good. So once it's then putting budget into the good ads, I'll then look at not definitely not before like three days. I'll look at the um, or the impressions, sorry, so depending on kind of like what the budget is and things like that. Um, because you can say after so many days, but if you're using a really big budget or really small budget, it's going to depend. So that's where I think it's better to look at the impressions um, around 2,000 on an audience as well. Okay. So I had this yesterday, actually, because I went on some ads and I went, I've got quite a lot of, uh, it was three, one campaign, three ad sets, different audiences, and then um, five or six ads for various, doing various things. Now, I, I turned a couple off uh, after a couple of days, like you've just suggested, and then I had a few more running. But when I went on yesterday, I noticed that uh, a couple of ads are actually flying, absolutely flying, which is great. But quite a large majority, and I would say just over half of the ads, still weren't running any traffic to them. Mm. So there was, still no, there was still no data in some of the ads. It's like Facebook had just found a couple of winners, and all the budget was going to those. Um, but the one thing I did notice was that there was still a bit of spend. So let's say 27 quid, or let's say over five days, there was only 27 quid spent on one, 19 quid spent on the other. But that's 27 quid, 19 quid that could have gone to the good ads. So if they, in a way, you've just got to you make a decision, but you should kind of you kind of trust the algorithm. If Facebook is pushing everything to two other audience, two other ad sets. You could go, right, like Matt said, get up to 1,500, pause the whole lot, turn them all off, and then you could turn off on the ones that didn't get any feeding at all and see if they work. I would only probably do that if I'm not happy with any of the results. If I'm happy with some of the results and they're hitting my KPIs, I'll just keep those running and forget about those other ones that didn't feed out. If I'm not too happy with those ones that Facebook's even decided that were winners, and I'm like, well, Facebook, I don't think they're winners, then I'll probably pause those and then turn on the ones that didn't feed out and see if they can bring anything to the table. Yeah, I agree. I think I, I, what I would net say, yeah, say Facebook favoured the audiences over the other. But I looked at it and I was like, well, it, it doesn't know that really because it's not given it any opportunity if those two were doing well i wouldn't turn them off just to see because i'm no. like that's a risk of, like if they why would i turn something off that's working we have a saying um, no if it's not well it's a, it's a saying for everything but we use it if it's not broken, yeah don't fix it exactly but what i might then do is if those just continue to fly i then would ask for more budget say from the client and then i could put in more budget into those two that I don't know if, yeah. were, if they were. You could take them, you could duplicate the whole campaign, call it part two, yeah. Turn, get rid of the one that's on in the first campaign, and then just yeah, just use some budget on the second one if you if you think yeah, absolutely. Um, what 
I think we've talked about what we do turning ads off, but what do we look for when in the stats, in the link clicks, in the percentages, in the cost of the click-throughs and stuff like that? Do you want to touch on that? Yeah. So, like, my first thing is, am I getting the am I getting my target cost per lead or my target cost per purchase? If I am, I don't really pay much attention to anything else, to be honest. If I if that's working, and my the, the thing that I want Facebook to do, I'm happy with, then I'm not too worried about the rest of the stuff that's going on. It's only if that doesn't isn't where I need it to be, will I then start to look at the other the other bits and bobs. Um, so say that's the case. So I'm not getting you know, the leads that I would hope at the right cost, then I will start by looking at the um, the click-through click through rates. Um, so I'll start with the click-through rate or, which I use as a measure for the creative. So am I actually getting somebody to stop and interact with that ad in some way? Um, yeah. That I would hope to be around 2% as a benchmark and then the and then I would look at the link click through rate so that would be then somebody that's actually clicking on the ad and leaving the ad and going to the place that I'm telling them to go to and that I would hope to be around 1% for the link click through or to say your um say your overall your click through or was 4% then I would want my link click through to be 2% so yeah like 50% of the click through rate or so the other thing that I'll look at, like the last thing really, is CPMs. Um, and I think this is impacted a lot by things that are outside of our control in the ad, um, just because those auctions become a lot more expensive. But um, And also different countries are cost different, different costs of advertising in different places as well. Um, yeah. I don't know if we if we're going to be able to see the breakdown of that. No, we probably should be able to see the breakdown actually because it's not related to the pixel of iOS five, um, iOS five, iOS fourteen, fourteen point five. But yeah, um, kind of around like eight pound is like a benchmark or less for CPMs. Yeah, I like ecom. I like to be between like four and seven. Yeah. If I see four between four and seven, I go great. That I, I don't spend a second longer looking no. at it. But ours, what are ours, Matt? In we're in you know marketing. We're trying to get out to marketing channels. It's a very very busy, expensive marketplace to be in. What we what we can look at? What are ours? Twenty three to thirty pounds CPM across our ads. And that is a very good point. It does depend heavily on the on the industry. Yeah. It's not just so CPM stands for, I don't know, but it means cost per thousand impressions. <laughs> cost per mil, but yeah, cost per thousand impressions. It's cost per a thousand impressions. So that's how much it's costing for Facebook to put your ad in front of a thousand people within the demographics that you have chosen. If those demographics are busy, as in Facebook is an auction and people are bidding. You're putting, you're putting Facebook automatically on default to, a, to the lowest bid. Facebook will find you an order or lead for the lowest price it possibly can. But 
you're going into an auction. So if you find that you're coming up against people who are showing great, great creative, getting great engagement, and they're spending a lot of money, it doesn't have to be like, oh, but my competitors don't advertise. It's not about your competitors. If you're trying to sell a product, if you've got, if you've got invented some new baby product that no one on this planet has invented before and you're the only person that has it and no one can copy you, that doesn't mean you haven't got an audience out there that's expensive. You're still going to an expensive audience where you've got all the baby brands, all the baby companies, campers, everyone are all advertising to, to a mother that you're advertising to, which means your CPMs are going to be higher. Parents are usually quite expensive to get into because everyone's wanting to get into that marketplace for various different things. Um, so sometimes you can play around with the audiences to try and bring these down to find little other little angles. Sometimes going niche can be very good. So like, you know, sunglasses, uh, my sunglasses client, we've looked, you know, one of the things we're looking to is, you know, you've got fitness or you could go into paddle boarding. You know, one of the audiences that were working really well for him was paddle boarding. It's going to be a very niche audience. Um, so you go in them a different way and then, you, then your CPM is low, your ROAS come up. So you've just got to sort of play around with these things and maybe do a bit of creative that makes paddleboarder go, oh, I could wear those sunglasses for paddleboarding because they're perfect, like you'd wear sunglasses for paddleboarding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you see what I mean? But um, it's going a little bit niche on these things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anything else to add? Crap. It's, it, yeah, just like it's hard to just really say black and white that, you know, this is what each one needs to be. It, it's how they all work together. And it does depend on on lots of different factors. But hopefully that breakdown will help somewhat in yeah know, knowing where to start, I guess. Absolutely. Okay, well, um, everyone, thank you for listening. I hope this this little mini series one to five on how to get your ads to convert and what stuff to look for and the data part to be the last page, which is probably the longest one of the of the five parts. Um, but yeah, obviously we're always here on the podcast and we're always putting our views across. So I hope you're getting a lot out of these things. But um, get into the group, ask your questions in the group. We answer the questions there. I know we might right at this moment in time be posting loads and loads of stuff to it, but we are on the other end and those questions pop up in our in our feed. So we will answer them. So don't be shy, ask a question and we'll get it answered. All right? Awesome. We'll, well, that's it. We'll see you in a bit. See you in a bit. <laughs> Bye. Bye.